Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we continue our top 100 favorite movies ever this is part four we've got the 60s in that top 160 through 69 nice and i am so very excited i am colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Like I said, today is part four. If you are jumping in with us for the first time, in a top 100, the 60s seem like a goofy place to to just go ahead and jump on in. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. How about you You head back on to the to the part one and two and three where you get the, the full fucking thing. But regardless, if this is where you're going to join us for the first time, I'll go ahead and tell you. This is a top 100 favorites, not a top 100 best movies ever. Neither me or Joe are capable of creating such a list as film is subjective. We will treat it as such. Um, And we're going to talk about the things we love, not the things that we say are the best movies of all time. And I think that's important going into my episode today. Um, I've got some I've got some films that pretty universally I've got a couple that would probably head towards the top of the list as far as. uh, America American cinema's greatest is concerned. Mm. I've got a I've got a couple. Uh and but that's just kind of how it worked out for me. Um I did wanna I, I did this at the beginning of last episode. Wanted to give some give some respect to a few things that I've watched since we started this project for the first time that almost certainly would have made my top one hundred. Mm. Um and this this time I only have one, maybe two, but I'll give respect to both. Uh, I've got uh, Synecdoke, New York, directed by Charlie mm. Kaufman, starring mm-hmm. uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, which would have found itself quite high on my top 100 had I watched it before we started this. But now you know, next time we do this, Synecdoke, New York will be quite high on my list. Um, an astonishingly good, hauntingly beautiful, and devastating movie. Um, I was floored. So that's one. And then The Graduate from 1967, directed by Mike Nichols, uh, introducing us to Dustin Hoffman and the uh, musical works of Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. Um, That's the movie that gave us, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Really? I've come to talk with you again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's an entirely uh, Simon and Garfunkel soundtrack that they made for that movie. And it's kind of what launched them into the stratosphere. So, The Graduate. Very, very good uh, comedy that's also a little sad. So, love, love, that's that's a perfect vein, you know? A, a good comedy that's also a little sad. That's that's a, yeah. that's a good place to be. But uh, you got any first watches? No, I haven't uh, 
didn't have any I, I really didn't watch any movies really at all uh from hey, the last time we recorded hey, can't knock it um, can't knock it therein man. how about you get us started at our 69 all right 69 i i did have a little shuffling around but that this this feels right um and starting off um kind of a, a dad movie ish a little bit but um it is 2006's the da vinci code um directed by who is it here i have imdb ron howard um, i love me some ron howard and i remember uh my dad like he never reads whatsoever but this was one book that he actually just like really liked and read a lot mm. um and then the movie i just remember watching like while i was young and just being like i love um mysteries like yeah. uh, it's why probably why Scooby Doo is just one of the greatest movies of all time. You know that's all they do is mysteries. Um, but like just the the slow piecing the puzzles together over the span of a movie and then coming to like a big twist at the end that changes it all. That you know you they weren't even right to begin with or something like that. But you know another another Tom Hanks movie here. Um, just just got gotta love Tom Hanks and and yeah wow. Paul Bettany's in here. Alfred Molina's in here. Yeah. Ian McKellen's in here. What the? Quite okay, the wow. Now that I'm looking Might at this, time I'm like, for a revisit, yeah, huh? whoa, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say because it has been a little bit since I have watched it. Um, I, I, this is a, this is another one on your list that I've actually never watched. I've I've never seen the Da Vinci Code. Uh, I've heard, uh, okay. I've heard endless good things, and you know, interestingly enough, you've got a Ron Howard movie at your 69 to start off this episode. I ended last episode with a Ron Howard movie at my 70. Wow. Uh, with Willow, so a couple couple Ron Howards there back to back for us. So I love I love that. But yeah, the Da Vinci Code. That's one that I've never uh, I've never had the pleasure of viewing. Is that it? yeah, two thousand six. Mm. Yeah, it's Tom nothing Hanks. like it's nothing that'll blow you away. It's more of just like the uh, and it's kind of it has like a little religious background to it. Um, mm. I guess a little bit, but it, it's mainly just like um, kind of if National Treasure was just a little bit taken more seriously if yeah, i had like mature yeah that's kind of the i'd say the closest comparison i can i can make is is just like a more mature national treasure um and yeah i mean it, it's just a, a really really nice mystery and tom hanks just i don't know and let's see who's the the lead actress audrey, love tom hanks audrey Tauto? um i don't know she's probably french she's french in the movie yep. Um, Tutu. but um, Tutu. yeah, I'm probably Audrey Tutu. that. But um, I don't know. It's just a a real Pretty fun. Sure she was the lead in Amelie. Yeah, mm. pretty okay. iconic French film there. Yeah, I know Ian McKellen. What? Oh, that's right. He's the rich dude. That okay? Okay. Now, Looks oh like yeah, Paul Alfred Molina might be the villainous entity. If I had to guess from this poster, that's Paul Bettany. Oh. My God! Wow! It's the only guy in the cast I could imagine it being. Holy crap! There's a, a few villainous entities in this one, actually. Um, but yeah, he Jean, is Jean he's... Reno, Mission Impossible, Leon the Professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a. That's got a, quite the fucking wow. cast on it. This is okay. A... Yeah, I didn't really realize that until I'm just looking at the IMDb here. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's again, it's nothing like incredible. Like it's not like one of the best movies ever made. That's for sure. But it's just uh, like. 
there's these little puzzle boxes and stuff that they have to solve, like, from... They're thinking one of them was from Da Vinci or something. You know, just, like, the mm. Renaissance era. And it's all this, like, old artifacts and, and going through, like religious text and and like fine it's yeah it's, it's kind of like national treasure but if it wasn't the founding fathers it's like the renaissance men and yeah. like the kind of religious text and stuff the like foundations that. of christianity yeah sort of. um and and again I'm, I'm not one a big religious guy but the just the mystery in it's in it's uh just in its own right is is really intriguing and and really fun um, i found yeah. that i'm not uh, yeah i'm not a very religious person either um like at all, but I found that I, uh, there are a lot of religious stories that tend to resonate with me. Mm. Uh, and this is, this is more the vein in which that would be the case where it's not necessarily like, ah, oh, well, we should all fall in this little yeah. sect, you know, no, just, uh, exploring the, the themes and the mythos of these mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. I mean, like they're the biggest stories ever told, you know what I'm saying? Like they're the most famous stories that have ever yeah. existed, uh, religion. So like, uh, I would, I'm fascinated by the sort of, uh, the, the arcs those take, but, uh, yeah, I'm also, I'm, I'm a sucker for when a character like finds God. I don't know. It's not something yeah. that I've done, but like, yeah. uh, I, I, I like whenever a character is like self-actualized under a higher power, they're like, you know what? This is my path. This is my life. Wow. This has uh, a different kind of finding God ending here. I won't, I won't spoil it. Cause it's actually yeah, kind of cool. Like, no, I mean, like I, I, I plan on, yeah. uh, this is going to be one of my favorite, uh, recommendations lists. Like yeah. once we get to the bottom, I'm going to kind of mm-hmm. look at your list, look for the ones I haven't watched and try and try and watch those because, uh, and the Da Vinci Code, it's going to be one of my first stops. That's a, it's one of those ones that I I've heard of for years. Yeah. And from um, a non-reader, my dad even says the book is better than the movie. Um, and he hates books. So I guess gotcha. that book must be, must be pretty good. I, I tried to read it. Uh, I think I was in like middle school at the time and I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is no going idea what the on. Like, I'm like, yeah, these words are way too big. I'm all right. I'll God, who's the book life. by? I feel like that's a pretty old one. Yeah. It's, I remember it, it's. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 2003 mystery thriller by Dan Brown. Okay. Yeah. And then Angels and Demons I think is like the sequel, but I, I hear it's not up to the same level, I guess. Also directed by Ron Howard. So. Yeah. Oh, there's All right. Yeah, I've never seen the 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 sequel movie, but um Oh yeah, there's or, a sequel to the movie apparently. I mean, at least Ron Howard has an Angel and Demons Mm-hmm. Uh, movie under his belt, which I didn't assume was a connect was connected. Yep, stars mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Um Yep, yep. Ewan McGregor, Stellan oh. Skarsgård. Oh, what yeah. do they got? Go man, they just got some casts for these movies, yeah. huh? Ron okay. Howard. Ron Howard's a fascinating director. He's like got the juice, but like he he consistently makes like enjoyable movies that yeah. might be good, but might not be. You know, like I I had Willow. I had uh, and that's right he, where the adventure falls. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, he did Rush. He did Apollo thirteen. He did A Beautiful hmm. Mind. He did How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, most famously he did solo a star Wars story. Um, so yeah, yeah. he's got, uh, he's got some good goodies under his belt. He was the showrunner for arrested development. I don't know if you ever watched that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I haven't, but good little sitcom there. Uh, right. but yeah. All right. On to my 69. I've got a best picture winner here. This is a, uh, this won the best picture Oscar. It's uh Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. 2014, directed by Alejandro González Iñárritu. Uh, oh. This is a, a hell of a movie starring Michael Keaton, Emma Stone, 
yeah. Edward Norton, uh, Zach Galifianakis, mm-hmm. Naomi Watts, uh, just a, a, a bunch of great fucking names. And this is, this is the one when we were talking about 1917, I told you I have one that appears to be all in one take. This is that. Um, it's, it's just, it plays like a play. And that's kind of the premise of the movie is that, uh, Michael Keaton is playing this washed up actor who once played a superhero who his, his most famous role was Birdman. Okay. Played by Michael Keaton. Um, okay. it's been several uh, years since he played <laughs> this superhero character and now he's trying to be taken seriously again. Um, He's trying to be taken seriously again. So he's directing a play on Broadway Mm. and he's starring in it. And that's his, that's, that's what he thinks will get him back in the limelight. The man has severe mental health issues and he hallucinates quite often Birdman, like with him, like Birdman speaks to him and is like, you're a fucking movie star. This isn't what you're built for. Get back to the other shit. Just go get some fucking money, man. Just keep doing that thing. You know? So like, uh, it's hmm. it's extremely meta considering Michael Keaton most famously playing Batman uh got to portray Birdman here um <laughs> but it's a uh, it's it's one of those movies that's extremely funny it's extremely sad it's uh it's just kind of harrowing and kind of open to interpretation which I always like um Michael this is one of my this is probably my favorite Michael Keaton role ever um he's wow. brilliant in it Emma Stone is so good, uh, and I, Edward Norton. I'm a I'm a sucker for Ed Norton, and this is uh he plays a douchey, uh, grade A actor on Broadway. So like he's like the shit. So he kind of comes in, he tries to take over the show and kind of run things, and it's like mm. kind of the conflict between him and Michael Keaton is a really a really compelling one. But uh, wow, nah, well, looking man, at some uh, of these pictures here, he's like levitating. Yeah, like like he he thinks he has super, like he thinks he has superpowers and it's unclear if he doesn't or does, you know, like it's like nobody ever acknowledges it. I I think I'm of the mind that he does not have superpowers and he's imagining he has superpowers, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, uh, but it's, it's a good, good, good movie. It's, uh, it's got a kind of controversial history as I, it's kind of divisive in that some people think it's way overrated and in no way deserved the best picture. Uh, it also, I think it won best director for Alejandro or Oscars. Uh, yeah. Oh. It was a, it's a big, it's a great looking movie. It's fantastically performed. Emma Stone delivers like a powerhouse monologue. Um, like I, uh, I've only watched it once, but I cannot wait to watch it a second time. It's one that in the shuffling around kind of fell uh, just because I've only seen it the once and uh, mm. I've, I've rewatched things since. So it was originally, I think, somewhere in my 30s. And as oh. it just kind of like shuffled around, I was like, ah, this is probably more honestly how I feel about it. Mm. Um, but the quality of this movie, I don't think it's even in question. Like it's it's yeah. so fucking good. It's so yeah. good. Uh, you said picture of the year, and then it also had directing, screenplay, and cinematography that it won as damn, well. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton was nominated. Uh, Edward Norton was also nominated. Emma Stone was as well. Um, and then sound mixing yeah. and sound editing were also nominated. So quite incredibly well deserving. Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic fantastic movie. 
and uh, Kansas City as film far as like award best film as well. Um, so deserved, it's gotta I be think. good. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good fucking movie, and I strongly strongly mm-hmm. recommend everybody watch it. It's a uh, like it, it's I think it's Michael Keaton at his best, you know, and yeah. uh, he's he's the shit in it. That is pretty cool. Like a just the meta commentary of it alone oh, like, yeah, would, be, would be really cool. Like that's that is really really interesting. And like, were, are there any like Batman references at all, or like was it just kind of like the whole? No, I think Birdman is like the de facto. Um, Bat, yeah. yeah, Batman, like, so they wouldn't get sued. Yeah, pretty much. Like he, there's a lot of mentions where it's like you could come back for a Birdman four. Just do Birdman four. Just go yeah. ahead and do it. You know, it's easy money, easy money. And he's mm-hmm. like, but I want to be an actor, you know, like I want to be remembered for something more meaningful. And he's like, no, fuck that. Like, the, I, I love the, because yeah. it's basically awesome. his Batman voice that speaks to him as Birdman. <laughs> so it's like, it's basically like, no, fuck, fuck all that. You're Batman, yeah. you know? Uh, That's awesome. And kind of like Big Mouth. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but yeah. like the, the hormone monsters they have just kind of like, Michael Keaton's Extremely hormone similar monster in there. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a hilarious <laughs> comparison that Birdman served for Michael <laughs> Keaton in that movie. But uh, no, I, I I love that movie, and it's uh, it's disturbing, but it's great, and it's fun, and it's hilarious, but it's sad, and it's just kind of everything. So I I really really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, Birdman yeah. or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Yeah, that's an interesting title there. Because um, and like, it's. it's uh, it's there's a reason for it you know like it, it, it's one of those movies where ah. you know leonardo dicaprio pointing meme where it's like mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a meme where it's like whenever the whenever a person in a movie says the title of the movie and ah. it's one of those where like someone says or the unexpected virtue of ignorance and you're like oh i see um ah. Okay. Yeah, so it comes around, and within context, it makes sense. But before you get into it, you're kind of like, "What the fuck is that all about?" Yeah, uh, it is a very interesting title there, but I, it makes sense now. Now that you've told me kind of what the movie's sort of about mm-hmm. and stuff, it make a little bit of sense. But yeah, that, that one seems really cool. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, I'm bolding every, like uh, on the list just in the Excel thing. I'm just bolding some of the ones that I think I'd I'd find really really cool. I think um, you'd find that one extremely cool. Yeah. Um, and ones that I just, I, I have to watch. Um, so, but yeah, okay. Um, moving on, this is my first Wes Anderson movie um, that I have ah, again. Yes. One of them's just got to be at the bottom. Um, I love all of his movies. I don't think I have a single, like, hatred towards any of his movies. Oh, no. Um, at all. But my bottom one ended up being Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Um, 1998. Um, and I don't, I hold it very close with another one. Like I have another West coming, coming right up after. Um, and, and like, it's, it just, I don't know. It like, I liked it and it was very, very enjoyable. Um, I just didn't enjoy it as much as his other movies, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it is hilarious you know like bill murray in there like i like I, a few scenes that i'm just like blocking that kid just absolutely swatting that shit that's like, hilarious man was was so fun like and just like it is just sure, a lot of situations. Has like, some sort of thing you can't put your finger on but then like yeah. he's like looking through a window stalking her basically uh, uh yeah it's it i mean it is really funny really good and like i mean it is 
68 on my, you know, it made my top 100. I don't have, I didn't have and many. By a good margin but, as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's not, not near the bottom. And, and, uh, and I mean, I, I later, even in just this episode, I have some, some pretty big movies here, um, that are coming up, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it found its way at the bottom of, of my West ranking, I guess. Um, but, but not too far from another one, but, um, you know, it's, I loved it, and I don't, maybe maybe just a rewatch would help it. You know, it, it is, I think, another one that I have only seen one time. Um, wow. I think out of Wes's movies, the only ones I have seen once will probably be Rushmore, The Royal Tenenbaums. I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen every other one twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know, maybe maybe a rewatch will, I'll fall in love with it a little bit more and it, it could rise, but... But as I of love, right now, I love yeah. that movie, and you've got it higher than I did. But this will be the closest any mm-hmm. Wes Anderson movies are on our list mm-hmm. because I had it at I think seventy one. Let's um, see, seventy two. I had it at seventy two. You have it at sixty eight. Mm-hmm. So mathematically, mm-hmm. it's literally impossible. I think for, uh, well, we'll see later on. But uh, yeah, maybe near four, the top. Four apart feels yeah. unlikely that we have anything closer than that. Yeah, for a West movie, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it'll be the closest. But uh, maybe we'll we'll line up with with some other things further along the line. Mm. Um, but yeah, as of right now, that is is the bottom of my West list. But um, hey, yeah, it is what it is. I love me mm. some Rushmore. Uh, I've got a soft spot for that movie. I don't know what it was, but the first time I watched it, I was just kind of like, man, I like this one mm. a lot. It's just so like it. It I have little to no doubt that Wes Anderson's my favorite director of all time. Now that mm-hmm. we've we've done all that for him it's just so absurd to have um his bottom four movies all be in my top 100 this man's made 11 movies yeah you know like that's Mm -hmm. that's it i've got i've got 11 of my top 100 is direct is is directed by the same guy like that's Mm -hmm. i i just love the man and rushmore i've got a soft spot for but uh yeah, all right, so 68 for you, 72 for me. Rushmore, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. There we is go. that the first repeat? Is that the first one that's appeared on both of our lists so far? That might actually be true. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I can't think of uh, – we'll have another this episode, actually. But I'm like, I, right think, now, I think I've said yeah. some that you will have, and you've said some that I will have, but so far that's the first one that's been mentioned twice. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll have a, a few this episode actually. Um, oh, fall up here, but but yeah, uh, we'll start that trend here this episode. All right, all right, mm-hmm. yeah. My sixty-eight. This is where I wanted to preface at the top of the episode the way I was like, "Hey, this is not <laughs> the top one hundred best movies of all time because my sixty-eight is pretty universally considered a a greatest movie of all time as far as American." Oh pictures are concerned okay. mm-hmm. um this is favorites and top 100 means i love that shit i love the movie so uh at my 68 this is where i have citizen kane 1941 okay. directed by orson wells um and starring orson wells this was i mean i obviously this is one of those movies you've heard about for pretty much the entire time you can remember hearing about movies Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch it for the first time until earlier this year and I'm glad I didn't, you know, it's not one where like, I, I see people be like, uh, 
online where someone's like now watching this for the first time and people like bag them and it's like they had to have watched it for the first time at some point you know like uh you can't just know the movie yeah. you have you to watch, watch the movie for the first we were time four years old are um, you kidding me yeah citizen kane it's also a movie that i wouldn't like i'm i'm so thankful i didn't try to watch this earlier than i did uh mm. okay it's not like the themes are so incredibly mature that there's no way my 16, 17, 18 year old brain wouldn't have got it. I just certainly wouldn't have appreciated it as much as I do now. Mm. Um, kind of a Marvel and filmmaking. Orson Welles is a fantastic director and this is the only Orson Welles movie I have on the list. Um, but I, it's, it's everything you've ever heard. It is, you know, it truly is one of the greatest movies that's ever been made. Um, Wow. Okay. Just an epic, epic story of the life of Charles Foster Kane, um, played by Orson Welles. Uh, just kind of a uh, a picture of greed and what money does to a person, and how mm-hmm. and how power can warp you as a human. And uh, yeah. no matter if you have the best intentions at heart, how once you become disconnected from reality in that way you're fucked you know there's just nothing there's nothing you can do to get back to feeling normal again unless you lose all that power and lose all that money um and citizen kane i mean it's a it's a wonderful cautionary tale for the wealthy and i think that uh i mean i can't say anything about this movie that hasn't already been said like i said it's nearly it's just over 80 years old now 82 years old yeah so uh, it's yeah yeah, it's it's certainly been discussed um in those 82 years as it's one that i heard about all my life and i'm so so thankful i finally watched it um if you're hesitant to dig into old movies stop for one old movies rock there's uh, it's just mm-hmm. like now where there are old movies that are great and there are old movies that are bad. There are new movies that are great and new movies that are bad. So like, but this is uh this is one of those ones that's a, it's a near perfect film, you know? Um, and I, I can't recommend it highly enough as you will find pretty much every movie on this list from here on in is I can't recommend it highly enough. And citizen Kane, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So I've got citizen Kane here at 68 which might be egregious to some, but it's a game of favorites. So, Well, I haven't seen it yet, but that is, is one that I already kind of had marked in my list. Uh, Cause I, I've been, I've been wanting to dive into old movies myself and that's just, I've heard all about it. Uh, that's for no, like yeah. it's one uh, that it's, I it's just probably the most famous around, movie yeah. of all time. Like, yeah. Wow. That's I've heard of citizen Kane. Yeah. Okay. Well, Moving on to 67, another Wes Anderson. Um, and this is where I have 1966's Bottle Rocket. Um, 1996's. Oh, yes. Six, that would have been kind of crazy uh, if Wes was doing this Time back traveling. then. Yeah. And Owen Wilson somehow. that Anyway. Um, but it, Rushmore and, and Bottle Rocket were kind of going back and forth of which one mm-hmm. was like the bottom slot. And I'm like, man, I just... I don't know, but I, I did go back to Bottle Rocket and I did watch it again on, you know, I think maybe three times actually by now. Right. Um, but de- definitely two. Um, and it's just a, a lot more fun of a movie, um, I think, than, than Rushmore. I just have a more enjoyable time and like I just, just the, 
I don't know, kind of like stupidity of the whole movie. Like it's just three mm. stooges just kind of going around, just just having fun and robbing a bookstore, um, so they can have a little bit of cash. They go out, that the car breaks down. I don't know, like the whole just love story that's thrown in there too. Um, it was just a a really fun fun movie, and I'm I'm glad we did circle back around to uh, to Wes's uh, earlier movies, and we did get it. Uh, before oh, I am too incredibly thankful um, for that because yeah it's it I don't know even though it is it is still near the bottom of my list I still I don't know it is still a really really fun movie and um yeah it was was almost almost at the bottom but I I gave it the little nudge above uh Rushmore uh, for my my personal ranking here but um yeah no I think it's is this this was um Owen Wilson's <laughs> first Yes, Owen Wilson's Wilson's first acting credit, Wes Anderson's first directional credit. Yeah. um, Feature wise, feature film wise. Um, Probably Luke Wilson's first feature, I'd guess, too. Um, Mm. I actually just rewatched Anchorman last night for the first (laughs) time in forever. And uh, Luke Wilson plays a small role in that where he gets his arm chopped off uh, by a sword. And he's like, ah, I did not see that coming. And then like uh, uh, 35 minutes later, 40 minutes later, his other arm gets eaten by a bear. Oh, wow. He's okay. Like, yeah. Uh, he's like, ah, why does this keep happening? You know, like, it's just so fucking stupid. But, uh, I just love, I, I love that Luke Wilson and Owen Wilson's and Wes Anderson's career is started <laughs> by this movie. Um, it feels like such a perfect little time capsule for all those dudes. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I love yeah. that movie. So, yeah, I, I know I had it quite a bit down. I think 99. So 30, mm-hmm. 32 spots Another. separating it on our lists. But, yeah, no, it's a it's an incredible film, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so at your 67, we got our mm-hmm. second repeat. The second one, yeah. And all. all right. I'm going to keep track of that. I'm interested yeah, to see I... how many get, uh, get some overlap. But, uh, yeah, yeah, with that, on to my 67. Where I'm heading to the oldies again. Um, another samurai film. Uh, I got got a few of them on here. This is where I have Yojimbo, 1961, directed by o- uh, by Akira Kurosawa. Mm. And uh, this is another one directed by Akira Kurosawa, starring Toshiro Mifune. Uh, and it's just it's. Another one of those ones where it's the influence is palpable, you know, uh, Mm. I I always bring it to star Wars whenever we talk Akira Kurosawa simply because I love star Wars with all my fucking heart. Um, and to go back and watch these movies and see just how profoundly they influence the likes of my favorite movie franchise of all time is always very, very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Um, Toshiro Mifune plays a nice drunken samurai in this one who's just kind of a, he's kind of a fuck up, but he stumbles upon a village who needs help. And he's like, yeah, fine, man, I guess I'll guess I'll hold it down. Uh, This is one where the villain, uh, the villain entity uh, travels and he comes back with a gun, which is like. Yo, we don't fuck with that over here. We're samurai. Where's your fucking sword? And he's like, he's just shooting motherfuckers. So it's like yeah. someone's got to be, something's got to be done about this guy. That's unfair. You know? Yeah, it's not. You bring a gun to a sword fight, you're probably gonna win. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 
the main character played by Toshiro Mifune, Sanjuro. This actually has a sequel I've never watched titled Sanjuro, mm. um, which I'm very, very excited to watch at some point. This is one that I've only watched once that I desperately need to watch again. It was my first Akira Kurosawa movie. And, uh, uh, it was a good place to start. I was happy, I was happy with it. It's, uh, visually incredible uh incredibly well performed the the direction i can't overstate just how good akira kurosawa is oh was this i'm just looking at the imdb here and it it has like a little mandalorian like if you love the mandalorian watch this movie um yeah. and it's a, the episode, a, the episode of with ahsoka comes in is exactly like beat for beat what this what this That's movie what, is yeah, i thought i remember like watching some some videos, whatever that episode came out, and it was like, yeah, this this was so heavily inspired by. It's you know, it, like, I mean, shot for shot at points, it's the wow. exact same. Okay. It's the exact same. Uh, and uh, it's it's brilliant. You know, I, I absolutely adore this movie. I thought that it's. Uh, I I I I think Toshiro Mifune is one of my favorite actors of all time, just based off of the little bit that I've seen him in, and. Uh, What's funny is if you watch nothing but the samurai movies, you kind of start to think that Toshiro Mifune might not have much range. But then you watch Yojimbo and you watch Seven Samurai uh, and you watch uh, this isn't on my list, but I just watched it recently. I live in fear where he plays an old man who's fearful of I mean, it's Mm -hmm. 50s Japan and he's worried about Mm -hmm. the the atomic bombs dropping Mm -hmm. again. That's that's wow. Okay. And uh He's he's just got an incredible range that I feel like if you only if you have a limited scope of the samurai films he did, you might you might not give him enough credit for it. But mm. dude's brilliant. Um and working with Akira Kurosawa, he's gonna do pretty damn good. Um But yeah, so that's what I got at my sixty seven. Awesome. Yojimbo. Yeah, Kurosawa is definitely gonna be uh, director i check out whenever i'm oh, i'm going back be. and and be off, be. Of, off of these so but yeah okay moving on um no west here different different kind of take here 66 i'm going with 2015's creed um directed by ah. ryan coogler coogler yeah. maybe yeah also uh, this directed one... black panther mm-hmm. oh okay okay that's cool uh this is kind of like a stand-in for all the creed movies here i don't i don't have any other like two or three um mm-hmm. on here. Um but I've seen all of them in theaters actually. Um one, two and three and it's it's you know, it's kinda like our generation's Rocky. You know, we it's uh and I think I mean they, they definitely hold up. I mean like honestly, like a lot of people are like, no, the Rocky movies are just so much better. Like they're just they're so much better and I'm like They're not you're just Creed lying. Is, Creed's you're just the best lying. movie no. in the Rocky franchise. Yeah, like I've, you're just I've, lying I've, to yourself. Like these movies are so much better. Like not just that they're more modern and like they look better necessarily it's just like i don't know i just i like the movies more um the creed movies yeah i think there's only i I think rocky 4 and rocky 2 are the only ones that give creed a run for its money and even then i think creed like it's probably the best legacy sequel ever you know um it's i mean coming back like i don't know they just did it so well like it's it's not like they were like Rocky, like Sylvester Stallone was not carrying the movie at all. Like, like a, it was Michael B. Jordan, and like I don't know. I think like the stories that they tell every movie are really unique and really, really good. Um, and like every time I come out of that theater, I'm like, "Yup, I'm gonna start training. I'm gonna yeah, go to a gym." Hype, and like, I've never wanted to fight 
ever in my life whatsoever. But like, I'm just, yeah, coming out of that theater is just a different feeling. Like you're just like, oh man, I've got this at 108. So it's like right outside my top one, uh, you know, like okay. I have, and, and Creed is my top, my top Rocky franchise movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'd say it also has Sylvester Stallone's best performance in the franchise. You know, mm. like, I think that like Sylvester Stallone did a lot of great work in the Rocky movies and it's what's obviously made Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's again, it's this trope that we saw with Harrison Ford and Dial of Destiny and Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi. Sylvester Stallone and Creed is like this hero who's past his prime, who's just mm-hmm. kind of like he's he's trying to find a way to get back in. His life's falling apart. Everything's kind of not where it used to be. But he has this this young apprentice who's going to get him back to the top and kind of make him feel like a feel like the shit again. And I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget the like when he the entrance music whenever he comes into Hail Mary oh. by Tupac and he's like, come Dude. with me, Hail Mary, run quick see. The soundtracks yeah. for these yeah. movies are so good too. Like Pretty just, sure Ludwig did the scores for these. Ludwig. Oh, Gorton. okay. Um, yeah, that that makes sense then. Because close I mean, collaborator with Ryan Coogler again, Black Panther and Yeah. You know, like okay. A, Man. Yeah, because I, I I just remember coming out of every theater, like just immediately on the way home we had the soundtrack on again like we were like just putting it on in the car like just hyping ourselves up and like it fuels me man there's a there's a future song in one of the soundtracks called last breath oh my god yes yes melts me bro it's got the sample of the classic rocky theme and it's yeah Yeah. like a they oh man i've got angels all around me yeah 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 that shit goes crazy man that's one that's still that's still in my rotation uh I'm gonna fight it to the end, to my last yeah. breath. I just yeah, add, go added that to the to the library because that would have been. I don't, I don't even think I had Spotify at the time. I still have. I still have to add so much of my music to my Spotify. Right. I've just. I know I'm lazy on that for some reason. Um, I am too. But, but yeah, back when I had Apple Music, that was on there. That like that. I don't know. Oh, multiple, yeah. All yeah, those albums were were on there. But but yeah, I got a. Uh, that's what I had it. We're on sixty six. Yeah, Creed uh, for me. Right, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I've got uh the first first movie on my list for one of my favorite actresses of all time here. Um at 66, this is where I have Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon from the year 2000 directed by Ang Lee starring Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Uh love Michelle Yeoh with all of my heart and this movie is utterly fantastic man it's it's another one of my favorite uh another one of my favorites a great martial arts movie kind of harkens back to this golden age of hong kong action films where like they're performing the wire stunts where they're like running through air like you can see like you're like well these mm. people are obviously on wires <laughs> yeah. but this is fucking cool oh, God damn, it looks so sick. they're like yeah. they like run through trees like tree branches you know they're like jumping from one to the other and it's like this is fucking <laughs> awesome uh, Michelle Yeoh, badass, yeah. uh, delivers one of my favorite performances of hers ever. There's an epic romance in this movie. It's a, uh, hmm. it's kind of just an epic tale of, uh, just, just it's just so grand, you know. Uh, and Michelle Yeoh is the shit in it. Um, That's all you had to say for me was Michelle yeah. Yeoh. Oh no, um. this, and Ang Lee, the director of Hulk 2003. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, uh, Life of Pi, 
Uh, he's done some good okay. shit. Um, this yeah, is yeah. my only this is my only Ang Lee movie on the list, though. Um, love me some Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Definitely my favorite of his catalog. And um, amongst my favorites of Michelle Yeoh's. I think uh, this is top two where she's the lead. Uh, mm. Probably top three that she's in peripherally you know like i love yeah. guardians of the galaxy volume two and she has a very tiny role in that but <laughs> she's in it um well you're you are four for four uh this episode is for movies that i'm i'm bolding just for my own personal sake for me to watch pretty much um, any movie yeah. here on in that you if you have not seen it you'll yeah. want to see it like it's yeah. it's just a, a incredible list uh of movies i absolutely love so yeah i've got crouching tiger hidden dragon at my 66 and uh i mean it's i think it won the best foreign language film at the oscars i think it might have been even nominated for best picture um mm. like it's uh it's it's incredible it's incredible but uh well, yeah two yeah, warriors in pursuit wow. of a stolen sword and a notorious fugitive are led to an impetuous physically skilled teenage nobleman's daughter who was at a crossroads in her life. That's the, that's the wow. synopsis. And that's, uh, that's putting it quite simply, but Let's yeah, see. it's uh, wow. It was nominated for a whole lot. It won cinematography, won best music and original score <clears throat> and the best art direction and set decoration. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, best foreign language um, film. I mean, you know, you love the, you love the dojo vibe uh, mm -hmm. that movies bring. And this is like 95% set in a dojo. So like, uh, Gotta love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You love sucker like for a dojo. One of the cool, uh, yeah, cinematography, another nod it absolutely deserves. There's some beautiful imagery in this movie. Like, uh, yeah, yeah man. I, I, I can't, again, can't recommend it highly enough. Crouching Tiger, Hidden mm -hmm. Dragon. Super cool. Also, kind of a coming of age film, which is cool. I love a coming of age movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. I, I, I think this is, is one of my favorites here at 66. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of coming of age, I do have one of those coming up here, and it is my first Greta Gerwig movie mm -hmm. um, here. Um, this is where I have Lady Bird, um, and 2007, uh, 17, actually. Um, and, and again, it's I've only have seen it one time, just the one time that we, we covered it for the Gerwig. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it's crazy how fast, um, like... I just knew that these movies were going to be on my list after watching. I'd say Little Women was a little more instant. That one was like, holy shit, I did not expect this out of this movie at all. Um, but, but yeah, Lady Bird was, was just a, a really cute coming-of-age story and would pass the, oh, what's the test? Uh, Bechdel. Brand Bechdel. Yeah, Bechdel. Yeah, that it, it would pass that test, I'd say. It would. Pretty, it pretty would. comfortably um, in this one, which which is... You know, a thing I'm not necessarily actively searching for when oh, I look man. for movies and stuff like that. But um, do you have it a lot higher up? Yes, I'm they, actually yeah. looking. Um, Rushmore and Bottle Rocket were the first movies you said that mm -hmm. I had. Lady Bird oh. is the first movie you've said that I, I will have. I think, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that's what I – the one that I, I assumed – um, maybe one more as well that you it will have be a, on, it but, will um, be a few it will be a few episodes mm. away. I have all my Greta Gerwig's quite quite high. I I fare fare quite nicely with with the Gerwig's. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Lady Bird, though, that's a that's a great one. That's a great one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, the other ones will be in a little bit um, from Greta, uh, but like I, I I like instantly fell in love with Barbie and and Little Women after watching. I'm like, okay, yeah, those were just right. those movies were just kind of had a different feeling to them, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. And like, in no way is is Lady Bird a bad movie, like it, it, like fun. at all. Um, yeah, it's. Um, and the only reason, like, it's, it's this low in the 60s, and, like, another thing, I just have a lot of, like, some big classic movies. Movies you love watching. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I really I love watching. I can't knock you for yeah. favorites here, especially yeah. if it's on the list at all, you know? Yeah, like, it's like... It made it. Yeah, that's for exactly. sure. Exactly. Like, it it, it. It's amongst your favorite movies of all time, and that's, that's, I think it deserves that, you know? I'd be, I, I'd be hard-pressed to not include Lady Bird on the top mm-hmm. 100, and it'll be, uh... It will not be my first Gerwig movie, and it will be in a few episodes. Really? Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, it's wow. I would not have expected that actually. Um, yeah. No, okay. it will not be my first oh. Gerwig. Um, and it'll be it'll be a few weeks away. It'll be okay. Be a little wow. bit before we get there. Um, but yeah, Lady Bird, man, Saoirse Ronan is fucking incredible. I love Timothy Chalamet. Um. Mm. Like the more like, I, I don't know why I felt like I was supposed to not like Timothy Chalamet, and I don't mm-hmm. really know why. But I, I fucking adore that dude. I think that he's gonna be one of the eventually he's gonna be one of the best movies. Like he's probably the only movie star of our generation, you know, as far as uh, age wise, like in that age range, mm-hmm. I would guess. There are very few who got it like him right now, you know. Uh he was born yeah, in nineteen ninety five, so he's not not even thirty yet. Um mm-hmm. Sir Sharonan, I can't imagine. Yeah, she's not thirty yet either. So like they might be they're top of the game, you know, as far mm-hmm. as as far as they're concerned. But uh oh, yeah. yeah, I love I love that movie. So it'll be it'll be a little bit before I get to I get mm-hmm. to drop definitely drop my- Timothy's character in that movie could have been a little more likable. That's for sure. He oh, didn't play true. the most likable character, but uh, as far time. as, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's I, every time yeah. I say it, every time, I, I never said that's hella tight. And now <laughs> I say that's hella tight all the time because <laughs> of that line read by Timothy Chalamet. I think what, what, it, what was tight that he responded to? Do you remember? Uh, they, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'd, they decorated the, the car with like just married to Jesus and it had all the cans that's, yeah. and, and they came up and they're like, we just vandalized her car. And he just like looks at them. And he goes, that's hella tight. Uh, <laughs> I think it's so fucking funny, man. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not even my favorite Timothy Chalamet role. It's not even my favorite mm-hmm. Saoirse Ronan role. It's not even my favorite Greta Gerwig movie. Like yeah, it, it's, nope. there's so yeah. much going for it. And the mm-hmm. fact that it's not even my favorite Greta Gerwig or my favorite from anybody in the movie is astonishing. You know, like it's mm-hmm. Corey Metcalf absolutely deserved that supporting nod at the Oscars that year. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the dad who doesn't love the dad. Larry, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good genius. old Larry. He's yeah. a good guy. That's just yeah. a good man. Uh, Getting her in, in, like at the dinner, like I forget who who like sprung the news of like, oh yeah, did, did, did you know the application go through? Whatever, like on the wait list. He's, the dad is, oh fuck, or like whatever. Like yeah. when he made the realization that he has to like tell yeah. his wife oh, about everything. But yeah. yeah, oh man, yeah, great. I mean, yeah, upon rewatch, I'd say it it'll climb. That's for sure. Another uh, another underrated uh, 
person in that movie, Beanie Feldstein. She's kind of having her moment, you know. Uh, mm. You know, some people just aren't built happy. Mm. Those, uh, that chick, uh, she oh, was the prom heart. night. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, that was so cute. Like, you already know I have a dress. Like, or like, um, and then they I them love, going. I down. love that movie. The first time yeah. they get high, all that. You know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, she's gonna be in Drive Away Dolls, actually. Mm. Okay. I wonder if that movie got postponed. It's saying that it's not coming out till 2024, mm. which would blow. I would hate that. I was so excited to see it. Um, yeah, it, it is saying 2024 for me as well. Yeah, February 23rd. Yeah, fuck. They postponed wow. it. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, but with everything going on. Yeah. That sense, sucks but... though. I was so excited. Well, there's one more director spotlight that we were planning on doing that maybe we can do a little later now. Everything works out. Yeah. yeah. Everything happens for a reason. So there you go. But uh yeah. Love me some Ladybird. That'll be a mm-hmm. uh, few probably a good month away. Uh but uh kind of yeah. absurd to think about a project in that yeah. sense. Like, in that, yeah. Several Time-wise. several weeks away. Um yeah. But, uh, yeah, all right, my 65, um, this is one that would probably be much higher if I rewatched it more recently. I absolutely adore this movie. This is Sorry to Bother You, 2018, directed by Boots Riley, starring Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson. An absurdist movie. Just uh, a wild film that has to be seen to like comprehend fully there's uh, a hilarity to it that's just out i remember i went and saw a screening the first time i watched this was a screening when i was down at mizzou in one of just the one of the halls i can't remember which which building it was in but it was like mm-hmm. yeah we're showing sorry to bother you tonight come through i sat in the front row looked at it on this screen it was just like fuck yes this is amazing mm. uh it's bizarre uh, Lakeith Stanfield is one of my favorite young actors working. I think he's incredible. And Tessa Thompson, one of my favorite actresses alive. Um, there's so much to enjoy in this movie. And uh, <laughs> the premise is that Lakeith Stanfield's character, uh, Cassius, uh, Cassius Green, starts to work mm-hmm. at a company uh, where he, he, as he elevates, he works in like the, the, the lower, the lower tier of the company. It's a, it's very much so a class commentary and they get abused the way that they're working. They don't get paid nearly enough and they decide to unionize, but he, uh, he scabs and he elevates in the company. Mm. Um, and he starts to work with the big boys and he's, he's, he's making a ton of money and his, but you know, Tessa Thompson, who's still connected with her roots is like, Hey man, you're fucking up. You know, like you, you can't be like this. Uh, he has, uh, something called his white voice mm. that he gets taught by Danny Glover um, <laughs> where he, he gets on the phone and he starts striking up a white voice. And it's hilarious because it's quite literally him lip syncing over another man, a, a very clearly <laughs> white man's voice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I think I remember seeing point. that in a trailer or something. I feel oh yeah, like, like I mean, like 2018, maybe. it was a, it was getting, it got some pub, you know, like it was, it was yeah. getting boosted pretty much. Uh, but it's uh, uh, it's it's one that I might 
after talking about it today might watch tonight because oh, it's wow. just so it, it's so wild and so mm. like everything everywhere all at once has this absurdist element to it that's kind of like what the fuck like where mm -hmm. did that come from you know and that's exactly what this movie kind of brings to the table. Uh, that's one of my favorite genres of movies is just kind of that absurdist comedy mm -hmm. uh, that also has this level of seriousness that uh, ha like has something very real to say. And sorry to bother you. Just, uh, yeah. you know, he gets on the phone. He's making a sale. He's like, hey, sorry to bother you. But. You know, like, let's talk about this today. And uh, so that's where the movie gets its name. And there's, there's a clip online where it's him facing off with another dude. And I'm, you might have seen the clip where he's like, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you have a terrific month. And like, they're going back Maybe and forth. And it sounds like yeah, they're angry with each familiar. other, but yeah. they're complimenting the shit. He's like, you smell good, bro. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Uh, <laughs> Huh. It's uh, I, I hope your year is full of wonderful endeavors. Uh, just uh, just an extremely funny movie, yeah. and uh, Lakeith Stanfield, brilliant. Tessa Thompson is awesome. Yeah, uh, Rosario Dawson's in there, I guess. Voice in oh. elevator. Never mind. She's just a voice in an elevator. Ah, that um, makes sense though. Now that you say that, uh, Terry uh, Crews is in it. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, um, in there, I guess, as first equip. What? Equisapian? I don't know what uh, that is. Equisapian. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that sounds way more right. You will not, uh, you will have no idea what that means until you watch the movie. Uh, the white voice is, uh, Patton Oswalt. Um, yep, is, yeah. He's the white voice, which is pretty Well, funny. he's Mr. The, the, the boss. Oh, never mind. The is boss Mr. Goes, Blank's white voice. Yeah, um, it's one of those movies where they bleep out this man's name every time. They do Mr. Bleep. No idea why, but that's what they do. David um, Cross. Is David actually, Cross is Cash's yeah. white voice, and that makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, Danny Glover. Stephen Yoon. Uh, mm -hmm. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Lily James. Is Terry Crews. Um, Terry Crews, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this, this one seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, you're... You're uh you're five for five so far. Yeah, this I mean that that's yeah, I, I have I have one movie on the list that I think you've seen, and I have one. Oh, I have two movies on the list that I think you you might have seen, but one that I know you have on your top one hundred. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, sorry to bother you at sixty five. Fucking love that movie. Can't recommend it highly enough. So that right. that marks the halfway point in this episode. Where where are we uh mm -hmm. where are we at now with the sixty four here? We are heading to another repeat here. Um, and this is where I have Aliens, uh, 1996, ah, yes. uh, by James yes. Cameron. Uh, and yeah, looking through the 52 year journey movies, this one was like, I mean, yeah, again, like you even said, is like, I've seen it one time for that project and that was it. Um, but it was enough to be like, man, that, that was a really cool movie. Um, and Sigourney Weaver just, just dominates that movie. Like, I don't know, it's just, she just takes over and, and, uh, just uh it it has the sci-fi and alien um aspect to it which is already a plus for me but then also the story is just just really really good in its own right as well um and then just all the the set pieces the freaking power loader the actual look of the alien just the fight the action that happens the, all the mm. just into the crew like just the um how all the guys admire her they're just like man that's just one badass woman like holy shit like um just immediately admiring her i think is, mm -hmm. is just really awesome and like for the time like in 86 uh for sigourney weaver to have like this big of a 
I don't know, just a female lead, like in, in a movie, uh, was, was just really comforting to see in the 52 year journey. We didn't get a lot of that, um, at all, um, especially back, back then. Um, so it was definitely a nice, nice change of pace, uh, for that project. And, and, uh, Maybe would pass the Bechtel. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I guess if I if think it would. I don't think anybody little, talks about sex, but do two women talk to each other? Little little Newt and in, in Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, child. it's a funny. It's it's a funny yeah. metric uh, yeah. to to discuss <laughs> film by, especially considering uh, the Bechtel of the Bechtel test. The woman who created it kind of created it as a joke, and now it's been considered like a serious critique of film. Uh, which is, which I is mean, hilarious. it's kind of got a good point to it. You no, know? it's, like, I mean, it certainly does. But that's the other thing, though, is that, like, uh, like, if, if your conversations do center around, uh, rela- if the, if the movie is a romance movie, true. like, it's, it's probably not going to pass the Bechdel test, yeah, uh, but know. it doesn't make it any less good of a movie you know like that's true i I, another flip side to it is like how many movies have dudes talking where it's not relating to a woman or sex you know like the the inverse of the bechdel test i wonder how many how many movies would pass that uh probably plenty but there's almost certainly a a conversation in Mm -hmm. a lot of movies about dudes (laughs) where they're talking about having sex with a woman uh that's fair or a woman in general um but but yeah i don't know this it is another repeat uh on on the list i think we're we're at three now i think that that Uh, would be the third rushmore bottle rocket and aliens mm -hmm. um and i will have ladybird but i I have not said ladybird yet mm -hmm. so we got we got three so far that have been said twice and uh no, I love aliens, man. James Cameron, another, I, I think I said this whenever I said aliens, just a guy I don't give enough credit. I don't think, you know, um, yeah. Got some good fucking movies, man. Uh, a great yeah. track record, you know, way of the water was the first movie he'd made since avatar and avatar was the first movie he'd made since Titanic. Wait, that's the gap there. That, that's, Holy that's the shit he's rocking. With. Like the dudes, okay. the dudes he track record miss. is, yeah, he does like not the miss. 80s and 90s. He was pretty active, you know, Terminator, Aliens, mm-hmm. T2. Uh, and then he, I think he did like uh, he did a, another Arnold film. Can't remember what it was called. Robocop. Is that it? There's a Robocop versus Terminator. I saw that just ro- just scrolling down. Is there something called True Lies? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's okay. on there. That's the, Arnold, that's the Arnold movie I'm thinking of. I think I think True Lies was the last movie he did before Titanic, and then after Titanic he didn't do another thing till Avatar, and then after Avatar he didn't do anything till Way of the Water. So uh, yeah. just kind of absurd like the the percentage he's firing at. Like I think he's made like eight feature films technically, and like uh, three crazy. of them have grossed over a billion dollars, which is <laughs> what the fuck? You know Jesus. what yeah. Oh my gosh. And, uh, uh, and then the miss. other, and then three of the other ones, Aliens, Terminator, and Terminator Two, are like cult classic sci-fi, and not even cult classic. They're just sci-fi classics. You know, like yeah. those are. Did Rambo? Uh, Rambo as well. Wow. Did he direct that? Oh, maybe that's the video game. Well, Rambo. I don't know. It's saying video game. I don't, maybe it's not the. No. You know, just based on the video game. Yeah, I guess he. No, he didn't direct. Yeah. 
he did uh, yeah the director stuff that he's done is Avatar, Titanic, Way of okay. the Water, Terminator Two, Terminator, Aliens, True Lies, and The Abyss. Um, yeah. Oh, Piranha Two: The Spawning. That was his first feature. Hmm. Um. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, this he's got a very very good track record. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So and, nine, nine feature films that yeah. he has directed. Three of them have made over a billion dollars. Another three are sci-fi classics. And then the other three are True Lies, The Abyss, and Piranha 2. So, like... Yeah. I'd say, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like, Titanic didn't make my list. But, man, oh. it, it probably... Yeah, like... Um, Stab me in the heart. Yeah, I just... I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. It's just... Um, it's been oh, okay. quite some time. Uh, I don't even remember the last time I was probably like in my teen years at like my aunt's house. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I watched it for that. the first time in 10 years, very recently. And mm. I had no doubt it's, it's, it's not Ooh, low. Yeah. It's not yeah. low. Uh, I got I to rewatch that one. Yeah. James, James Cameron, he just, he knows what he's doing. He does, got- man. He does. He's, he knows how to make a lot Basically of money. Finances, well. finances, deep sea exploration with making a billion dollar movie every once in a while. Uh, yeah. He's just like, you know what? I need money to go do all the shit I actually want to do. So I'm going to make another great fucking movie. Uh, what a, what an insane talent that man is. There's a story where on the set of Avatar, um, the the way they like shoot bows where they like mm-hmm. draw backwards with their hand like flipped whereas it's usually pulled back normally they like pull with mm-hmm. their forearm out where like he had like an archer expert on the set that was like you can't you can't practically pull that off in any effective way and he was like sure you fucking can and james cameron just like pulled back a shot from like 50 yards and fucking nailed a bullseye like what an insane <laughs> man dude the dude's wow. the dude nuts like okay. uh i, I don't no know idea. like that story it, it i don't know how substantiated no, it true. is he told it's- it on like some interview but like i fucking 100%. love it 100 uh, true gotta believe dude's, it dude's nuts yeah. i i love james cameron so uh i love aliens being here i love me some sigourney weaver um mm-hmm. and uh that's, that's a great great fucking movie another one that i need to rewatch real fucking bad. i know and yeah i'm thinking uh i don't know i'm like i i don't even know where i would watch that now or if it's available anywhere but if it is i'm gonna fucking find it um yeah, you Google aliens and man, everything else pops up but the movie right now. But you know, shit. it's on Hulu, I guess. Okay. Um, looks like it, and that's about it for free. Um, yeah, streaming on Hulu. All right, mm-hmm. I might might shiggity check that out later. But uh, I'm going with a pretty different movie from Aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this is a is another romance movie. Love me some romance. Uh, it's one of my favorite genres, and. Uh, here at 64 i've got richard linklater's before sunrise 1995 starring ethan hawk and julie delpy ah i remember you telling me about this one. Oh yeah, man yeah. man uh the only reason it's this low again is because i watched it once and it's been a few months since i watched it and i'm i'm fairly certain i'll talk about it and kind of regret having it this low um, hmm. just thinking about it at all is making me kind of go like, damn, I love that movie. Um, 
we talked when we talked about the French Dispatch. I, I was talking about how that movie like inspired me and made me want to write and like how I love movies that make me want to do something creative like that. And this mm-hmm. is one of those. This is one of those movies that makes me want to read. It makes me want to write. It makes me want to write poetry. You know, like it's it's just fucking beautiful. And it's it's a very simple walk and talk sort of film. The entire movie is spent with Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy where they are they meet on a train and then for the course of a day they hang out around uh, mm-hmm. I think I can't remember if it's Amsterdam I want to say it's Amsterdam but they're just walking around the streets of uh of this city Vienna Oh uh, Vienna Vienna um, is that... that sounds that sounds more right no, um, it... Yeah capital of uh, Austria um, Austria or, or is that That's Is that right He's on his yeah, way Austria. to Vienna okay. But they, yeah, they get off the train in Vienna and his flight departs to us the next mm. morning. So they have, they have until before sunrise. I see. Yeah. Looking at, at the cast, yeah. it's just them two. And then everyone else is like wife on, they train, don't even husband have husband on train yeah. guy on bridge guy on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's cool. just them walking around the city, uh, talking the entire movie and the chemistry they have is fucking palpable. Like it's astonishing that that's all this movie is and to characterize them so succinctly. And this is the first of a trilogy where before sunrise is nine years before, before sunset. So that's set nine years later. And then I think nine years after that is before midnight. So it's kind of showing them at these different stages in their life and how they evolve and this is uh this is kind of my representative for the trilogy on this uh mm. on this one because before sunrise and before sunset specifically i actually have not had the pleasure of watching before midnight um but those two movies man are they fucking good you know uh it's just a, a brilliant way to show how people evolve as they grow up you know kind mm-hmm. of. and uh to show them at this uh the sort of naive early twenties. I think Ethan Hawke is playing a 21 or 22 year old. I think they both are like they're, they're that age ish. And then they're playing early thirties in the next one. And then early forties in the one after that. So like, uh, mm. just yep. to... okay. no, I was just going to say if, if a movie can just follow two people just talking and that's pretty much all that happens and it's, Oh, like, it's a beautiful hell, romance, yeah, man. It's lovely. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's, it's a good it's, sign. Oh yeah, and uh, they're like, like I said, their chemistry is brilliant. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. I love Julie Delpy now, and I've always, I've always enjoyed Ethan Hawke. But uh, this is, as far as romance movies are concerned, there are very few that I'd recommend before this. You know, uh-huh. like this is mm-hmm. one of my favorites. So That's before Sunrise, they just went to work and fell in love and then went back home and yep. went on with their daily lives. It's That's I, all that this is insane to me every time. It, every just when I think about that, but, but yeah, um, I, I do remember you talking about that one. I don't know when it came up, but um, probably just a few months back. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Just the concept of it was, was really cool. And it's just, I don't know, really impressive that it can just be two people walking around and, and just, I don't know. Romance movies are, are kind of, I don't know. I, I haven't really watched a whole lot of them, I guess. Um, oh, they're good. But yeah, that, that one I'll definitely have to check out. Um, and then, okay. All right. This next one I'm kind of 
feel like it's wrong, but for me, I don't know. The movie just didn't... It's still up here. It's 63. It's a good movie. A lot of people love this movie, but I don't... I don't know why. You don't love it on that level. Yeah. Um, and it was on the 52-year journey of the film, pretty sure, I think. Okay. Um, it's 1975's Jaws. Um, okay. Which is, is down here. I don't know. Okay, it felt wrong to, like, put it this low. But as um, I'm, like, looking no. through every other movie, I don't know. Like, I, it, like, I still... I like it. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed the watch. But, like, I, I think... After the fifties year journey, I, I don't think I've I've went back to revisit it. Um, I haven't either. Um, um, no, I'm I'm pleasant. I'm pleasantly surprised by this. I don't have I don't have Jaws much higher than this. Okay, um, okay, okay. Makes me feel a little uh, yeah, better. Now. It won't it won't be this episode. Um, but now that you've said it, I think the only reason I had it as high as I did is because I kind of expected it to be even higher on yours. Uh, so. Uh, I, I might, I might mess with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is like, I'd say once you get out on the water and it's just the three of them on the boat, that's the part of the movie I really, really like. Like when it, mm-hmm. when it's just three of them out there and they're on that mission, like that, that's when the movie really ramps up and I, I'm, I'm fully in. But I think it just, it kind of takes a little bit to get there. I see. Um, and, and, yeah, it's about halfway opinion, through the but, movie that, that happens. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it is still it is still really good. Like I have it above Aliens. I liked it a little more than Aliens. No, oh, um, I mean and... that's the thing is that it's unquestionably good. You know, mm-hmm. it's unquestionably yeah. good. But I'm in a similar spot where it doesn't resonate with me the way that it seems to resonate with a ton of people. And even so, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. And this is one of those ones where it kind of comes to that, like how you determine what your favorite movies of all time are. There are some that are just so good that you can't not include them. And this mm-hmm. kind of falls more in that instead yeah. of uh, I just love it that much. It's mm-hmm. it is an objectively good fucking movie directed by Steven Spielberg, scored by John Williams. It's got to be somewhere on the list. But if you don't like, if you don't love watching it, it doesn't need to be that high. You know, yeah. um, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I, I'm feel like yeah, it's every, I don't have it much higher. Yeah, every kid. This is the first song they learned how to play on the piano. Ellie, yeah. I don't know, just the dun, 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 it's every you know. It's, First thing I ever played on a piano, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, like, it is undeniably good. Like, I mean, it, it's, it is a, a great movie. It's just that I don't have really much desire to, like, watch it again and again. Um, at, like, at, at the scary movie nights we had at, like, my uncle's house, this was, like, a cool-down movie. Um, yeah, if we, like, point. watch something that was, like, oh, fuck, like, we're gonna have nightmares, like, we can't sleep tonight, like, we gotta just watch something that's a little bit scary, you know, not scary, but, like, a little bit thriller, but, uh, just something that we can all watch, um, and still my aunt, uh, that's over there, she screams at Jaws, she, like, she's mm-hmm. actually, like, afraid of, of sharks, and, like, she hates, hates the movie just because of that alone, um, but, but, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, still... A great movie, but yeah, I had it had it at sixty three for me. Uh, kind of on a, a classic run here um, that I have going on. Uh, Aliens, Jaws, and I got I got one more classic coming up. Um, I've got I've got one more classic I would say as well. So like we've got we got a few a few you know I got Citizen Kane, you got Jaws, mm-hmm. we got we got kind of this this give and take going where it's it's good 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 movies, but uh, yeah, Jaws it's a uh, 
it's not this week and it's uh but it's mm. not it's not much further ahead like uh we'll okay. we'll be there before long mm-hmm. um, yeah no yeah not not this week i'm confident i'm confident i like it Man. more than the ones i have left on this list but uh not, and I'm not looking far. at the IMDb like Richard Dreyfus's Hooper was pretty dang good. It's fucking though. great. No, no that's the thing is that like, like uh, yeah. it's a very enjoyable movie while you're watching it, but I don't think it's one that sticks with you much after. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think when it comes to Spielberg, even um, it, it's it's certainly not my favorite Spielberg movie. I think that uh, let's see, I, I recently yeah I have it at seven on my Spielberg ranking, which might oh, okay. be like blasphemous to people. Like it's. I love I love me some Spielberg, but it's uh, and that speaks volumes about Spielberg's filmography. I think more than it does the quality of Jaws. Like the dude's just made a ton of great movies. That's that's all that means. Yeah, uh, yeah, he has. Yeah, Jurassic Park, E.T., freaking Saving Private Ryan, Catch Me If You Can. And I'm looking at it. yeah, it's just Ready Player One, Fableman. Yeah, he's got some. He's, he's got, got some, some goods. Some goodies, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. But yeah, Jaws. I don't know. This is where where it fell for me. Um, but yeah, at sixty three, yeah, it felt. Yeah, I'm, I don't plus, know. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, you, you, I'm not one that's just like, uh, oh, you gotta respect Jaws, you know? Like, nah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good fucking movie, and I enjoy watching it. But like I said, it's not much higher on my list. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we we won't we we don't have a super big gap here. Um. But yeah, I like that at 63. Uh, it's a good fucking movie. Like we said, top 100. It's nothing but good movies, man. We love That's all true. this shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no bad my movies 63, My 63 is a new one. 2023 film right here. Uh, another romance movie. It was nice to put it right next to Before Sunrise. Kind of like, all right, wh- okay. how, do I, how do I compare it? And I think I like it a little bit more than Before Sunrise. Uh, this is 2023's Past Lives directed by Celine Song, starring Greta Lee. Uh, I saw this movie on the big screen a couple months back. Yeah, might have been at the beginning of July, actually. But, Mm. uh, I mean, just a a moving film, dude. Just overwhelmingly emotional. The sort of pull-throughs that happen. Greta Lee is deserving of a Best Actress nomination with ease i think mm. for this for this movie um i i loved loved the relationships put on screen she's a uh uh she's the the daughter of a couple immigrants who have who have migrated to the united states and uh she grew up in uh or i, I can't remember if she migrated to the united states or if her parents did but she grew up in uh in New York, she like moved to New York and she kind of lost touch with her roots. She falls in love with, uh, with, uh, she has this partner in crime throughout her childhood, uh, before she moves away, who was in love with her, but she moves away and then mm-hmm. they lose touch and then they get back in touch, but she's already married. And it's like, how does, how does this movie progress from there? How does it deal with the right person, wrong time? Um, and it's it's incredible, you know. I think it's one that I need to rewatch desperately because I had a horrendous theater experience with it. Um, mm. 
like just no respect at all in a movie theater. It was astonishingly bad. But uh, even so, with such a bad movie theater experience, the movie was still so good that it rose this high up. And I know that if I rewatched it in the comfort of uh, lonesomeness with nobody Mm -hmm. else uh, or just with Emily, I'd enjoy it even more. This movie would probably find its way even higher on my 2023 ranking and it would find its way even higher on this list. So, uh, yeah, Greta Lee, fantastic. I love her. Um, and I cannot wait to see what she does beyond this movie. Um, past lives, man. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, when that's available digitally, I'm buying that shit digitally. I'll tell mm. you that. Um, yeah, I was looking to see if it was available anywhere yet. I don't know. September. It, yeah. September. Oh, okay. Um, I've looked into it. Like I looked into it every, <laughs> every week for like a few weeks. Because mm-hmm. I was like, when are they going to put this shit on digital? Um, yeah, September. And they finally 19th. put a date recently. And like, yeah, yeah, the nineteenth. So we we got a little bit, a little, a little bit, bit to go. About Still a month away. Out, but um, I cannot wait to watch it again. I'm so excited. Okay. But All yeah, right. past lives, fucking great. Okay, well, moving on. I said I had another classic here, um, and I'm bringing it back to 1985. Um, and this is Back to the Future, ah, um, yes, yes. directed by Robert Zemeckis. Is Zemeckis, yeah, yeah, Robert. Zemeckis. I believe that's not your first Zemeckis movie, if I'm not mistaken. Is it really? Um, um, let's see. I do have another one coming up. I do see. Um, what would have been the other one? Oh. Well, uh, go go ahead and proceed i can't i just can't remember i can't remember which one it was but uh but uh oh man i don't know back to the future is just like it's got so many things the delorean is just so badass like doc brown is is awesome like uh just christopher lloyd you know playing him we got we got him in mandalorian you know recently not too long ago which was ah okay thank you um but yeah i got i got a i got another zemeckis coming up a little bit later uh, that i saw um but uh i don't know marty mcfly that's just kind of a character that i've i always thought of as just like just like a really cool character like the Mm -hmm. uh even in college um we my fraternity there's kind of like a a greek week uh one uh, a greek week event um at a nerd school you know it's not all sports so we have to do some other stuff that's not not sports wise um it's like a, a little float competition um just make a make a float anything it could be anything all all like the requirements is like you have to be able to actually get in the thing and write it was like the only like kind of thing that you had to follow and uh the year we were there we we decided to make the DeLorean and I was chosen as as Marty McFly and I had I dressed up like him um and was riding around in the DeLorean it was hot as hell in that thing oh my god I was sweating bullets um, but I don't know, it's just, uh, just the flux, compa- like all the science in this movie, like all, like, I feel like there's a crazy following for this movie, like all the dates that were on the DeLorean, like whenever it came, like, I don't know, it was, I think 2019 or 20, something like that, like it already happened, like the date that they went to in the future, like whatever. Um, but again, it's like, it's a movie that I haven't seen in quite some time. I, I watched it in, in college remember we were making the float. We, we had like a night where we, where we watched it and everything, but, um, just, uh, and, and again, like there's like the, the movies that follow it up. Like I, I don't really, I don't even think I've seen the, like, like fully the, the other movies. 
Um, but the first one in itself, I don't know. It's just a, a classic for me. And I, I'll just, oh, yeah, I man. always love this movie. And I have not watched that movie in so freaking long. It's one that I need to get back around to, uh, a classic that does not appear on my list. The eighties, um, the eighties was a, a decade that I spent a lot of time with when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Cause they were my dad's favorite movies when he was a kid, you know, the breakfast club. Back to the Future, The Goonies, these sorts of movies are all movies that I have indeed loved in the past, but I have not made my way back around to in a while. So mm. um, I, 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 it almost certainly would have made my list had I rewatched it within the last decade, but I have not watched it in such a long yeah. time. Um, and and yeah. again, like I haven't seen it in, in quite some time yet, yeah, back in, in college and probably... I don't know. Wasn't really paying attention a whole lot to the movie, anyways, when we were watching it. But, yeah, but sure I remember right. every, every, yeah, every time I've watched it, I'm just like, oh, it's just so cool. Like just how, how it, like the flame tracks it. Like there's so many just cool, like iconic things from this movie. Like the hoverboard, um, that he rides whenever he gets gets in into the future and every, like the 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 vision or the thoughts, like that they thought, like yeah, this is for sure what 2020 or whatever the date will be. Yeah. This is for sure what we'll have by then. It's like mm-hmm. hoverboards. The you know you press a button and your food's ready. Um, yeah. Then he has to deal with like I, I for, like the you know he doesn't know that it's his mom and then he finds out it's his mom and or like what like I, I forget how that goes exactly. Like Freudian um, shit there. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so you know a little little, little weird there, but uh, but no, I, just so many iconic things come come from this movie and i i've always adored it um and one i'll, I'll definitely have to revisit again because it, it has been quite some time since i've given it like a real good um good watch myself but no, yeah I, I love it um so yeah that's where i, I landed for for 62 for me back All to right. the future on my end, right. ending my run of classic movies here um i see i see yeah i uh at 62 i got three movies left 62 61 and 60 is the first of two musicals for the last for the end of this episode. Um, this is where I have Les Miserables, directed by Tom Hooper from 2012. Uh, Les Miserables, if you will. Okay. Thank uh, you. Yeah, nice. no problem. Uh, yeah, it's Les Miserables, but uh, <laughs> it stars Hugh Jackman and Russell mm. Crowe and Anne Hathaway and okay. Amanda Seyfried and Sasha Baron Conan and Helena Bonham Carter and Eddie Redmayne and just a, a really, really fantastic cast and a fantastic musical. You know, I, I love musicals. It's something I've got a real soft spot for in this kind of exploration of uh, the highs and lows of society amidst the French Revolution is really really compelling and really moving i love hugh jackman with all my heart and him mm-hmm. in the titular in the in the main role here is jean valjean is mm-hmm. incredible casting you know a lot of people don't like russell crowe as javert but i fucking love russell crowe and i i was shocked to see how good he can sing is this not oh. something i expect out of russell crowe okay um, yeah yeah and uh he's got his oh, register yeah. but with Within that wow. register, he's good. Um, is that yeah, uh, Sasha Baron Baron Cohen? Yeah, Sasha uh, Baron Cohen. Yeah. Wow. Yes, um, he's got he's got a little he's got a little role in this movie. He's married to Helena Bonham Carter, who's in the Harry Potter movies as uh, as one of the one of the weirdos. Um, 
Yeah, he's kind of a weirdo kind of guy. I mean, all I know him is his Borat. Like that's <laughs> that's where I where I mainly know him from. So yeah, that's no, every he's, time he's, it... he's good in this. He's very good in this. Uh, Sasha <laughs> Baron Conan. He's he's a, he's a talented guy. Uh, but yeah, uh, just it's a classic musical based off a really old book, based off a really good play. Like it's just it it's kind of visually brilliant. It's something I never mm. would have been like it's just it's one of those movies though, one of those musicals where, you know, when it comes to La La Land and Tick Tick Boom, you get like a breather where people are just talking and acting. Mm-hmm. This is songs. Beginning I to think. end. There okay. is there is no yeah. respite. You are they are singing and performing the whole time. It's and it's really cool because it's not eighty yard songs. They're not adding the songs in. Ooh. They they are singing on set like the way wow. people would talk. You know, like but they're they're singing the, the lyrics cool. instead yeah. of it being like a all right, time for a number. Let's get the studio recorded version of the song mm-hmm. and put it over. No, like it is what they are performing on set. It makes That's it cool. feel a little bit more like a play, you know, like a it's uh it's it's really really good and again Hugh Jackman is brilliant. Uh, Anne Hathaway is fucking stellar. Another person who I didn't really know could sing but can sing her ass off. Um, yeah, Eddie Redmayne, Redmayne. maybe yeah. how to pronounce. It. I know him just as Newt Scamander in all the the new um Harry Potter movies. The ah yes, yeah, Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah, Fantastic yeah, that's what Beast. they're called. And uh, for some reason, watching those movies, I'm like, he just seems like a musical kind of actor like i don't know why but that's like every time i watch like he's got, just, the, he's got the he theater looks, kid yeah he's got the yeah. theater kid aesthetic uh for I sure guess. yeah maybe and, that's uh, that's what it is yeah he, uh i mean i'm I, i'm not a huge fan of eddie redmayne i think he's all right um he he gets a lot a lot of praise and i mean he's mm. a good actor don't get me wrong but he's got just the funniest singing voice in this movie i think like huh. uh like it's good it's unquestionably good but it's like really operatic so it's like he's got this kind of like deep oh thing going on and it it, it okay. kind of there's there's a funny it's a funny mix of of sounds mm. of voices in this movie uh but uh it's one of my favorite Hugh Jackman performances period uh you know I think this might be the highest Hugh Jackman movie I have um hmm. and I love Hugh Jackman to death but uh you know just just the mo- way things shook out um oh yeah uh, and this is one that I've only watched once. And again, if I'd rewatched it more recently, it would probably be much higher on my list. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. how things go. But, uh, yeah, Les Mis, just a wonderful musical. And, uh, I can't wait to rewatch it. It's just beautiful songs. I love the like intermission, like the, the big middle of the musical song number, uh, one more day. Fucking gorgeous. Can't recommend mm-hmm. it enough. Uh, okay. You gotta expand my musical horizons because really it's only Tick Tick Boom and, and La La Land, and I guess Grease. Uh, Grease but I, that's been quite High some school time. musical one through three. Oh, you got okay, those? fair you enough. Got I do got those. Kind of yeah. pretty much any animated movie from our childhood, The Little Mermaid. I, and, okay, that's yeah, true. Yeah, 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 I guess those are technically are, musicals as yeah. well. Um, true, true. Okay, but I guess like this feels like a true musical here. It's uh, a very yeah. It's it's yeah, it, is, it is a musical for the sake of being a musical, not just like, uh, we're going to perform like, some songs to advance 
some plot. Like the entire plot is songs. The Greatest Showman, or is it just the Showman? Isn't the Greatest that a Showman. Hugh that's also Hugh Jackman, P.T. Yeah, Barnum. I haven't, I haven't uh, seen that, but um, I love that movie. It doesn't get a, it doesn't have a great reputation, but I absolutely adore it. Hmm. It doesn't make my top one hundred, but uh, I saw that <laughs> uh, in theaters. Um, my 18th birthday, my parents were like, let's, let's go to the, you want to go to the movie theater? Let's see whatever movie you want. Uh, and any movie. And I was like, you motherfuckers made a mistake, bro. We're going to see the greatest <laughs> showman. Uh, yeah. yes, but, but it was, it was how I put them on the musicals and they actually mm. really enjoyed it. And they were like, they were surprised yeah. by how much they liked it. And I was like, I told y'all motherfuckers, mm. Hugh Jackman's the shit. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, lo- love me some Hugh Jackman and Les Mis, one of one of my favorites of his, uh, if not my favorite of his. So yeah, I thought that this was the greatest show. I thought I was confusing it with because like I knew Hugh Jackman was like the musical lead in in some movie, and I thought that this was the greatest show. No, he's got a couple under his belt. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, what are we on now? Sixty two or sixty one? Yeah, sixty one. Um, kind of have like a Wes sandwich. Um, ah, in, in this episode a little bit. Um, so I'm going back to Wes. Um, and this is where I have 2001's The Royal Tenant Bombs uh, from ah, Wes yeah, yeah. Uh, here. So my third Wes movie, um, above Bottle Rocket and and Rushmore. Um, and again, it I think it is one of one of the only ones I have seen one time. Uh, but probably just because of it is one of the hardest ones to watch and and get through a certain scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like all before that, like Gene Hackman, like I, I remember like the, the little twin or maybe they're not twin boys, uh, but just like the two little young brothers that are like going yeah. around and he's like sneaking around, like talking to him and, and being like the cool grandpa or whatever to him and everything. And, and like, just, just everything that this movie brings, like the cast is, is just awesome in this movie. Oh, and, and it, it is one that I, I definitely do need to watch again in, and I do think it would change, like knowing knowing that it does happen. You know that yeah. that uh, that scene does come up. I think would would change the viewing experience a whole lot. Um, because uh, on the first watch, it was just like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, like, wow, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, the the change up they did there. But but uh, I don't know. I, I love love Gene Hackman. Like in this one, I think he's he's really funny. And Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, all. all all the siblings, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, I think they they do a phenomenal job as well. Um, and yeah, it's just I'd say yeah, it, like I had like these West movies are pretty close for me. Um, but then as as we go on, they they get a lot more spread out um, for me, and they don't really really have like any. They're not packed in like this one. This episode, I have four West movies in this one episode. Um, but then it oh, it. Yeah will be probably one or none West movies for the rest of the episodes. Um, maybe two towards the end, I guess. But, um, but yeah, um, that's where I'm, I'm landing for, for 62, 61, actually, again. Love it. Uh, Love Royal Tenon Bombs, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I'm interested to see what the last one to round this episode out is, see if we have the same bottom four or if we don't. But uh, I'll be excited to find out. Uh, but my 61... This is uh this is one that I've got I I enjoy a great deal. Um and my I think is one you'll have on your list, so I have it a bit lower than you will. Um okay. this is the one, the one that I think you will have, and I'm pretty sure I know you have. Uh Knives Out, twenty nineteen, directed by Ryan Johnson. Indeed. Uh, 
Yes, I, I enjoy Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc way too much to have not included him on this in some capacity. I also adore Glass Onion, um, but I'm going to go ahead and put this in as kind of the representative. That's kind of what I did. I did as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. This is the representative for Ryan Johnson's Knives Out franchise. Um, I fucking love that first movie. Uh, Chris Evans and Anna de Armas is Ransom and Marta kind of being the de facto leads besides Benoit Blanc. Another Lakeith Stanfield, second Lakeith Stanfield for me in this episode as he's the uh, the cop who kind of helps mm. Benoit Blanc along. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Michael Shannon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson, yeah. Tony Collette, just an insane cast of characters there. I mean, Christopher Plummer as the as Harlan Thromby. Uh, mm. is is the yeah. movie I could just watch into oblivion. I could watch this yeah. over and over and over and over and never get tired of it. Um, That's what I was going to say. Like the first viewing is, is special because you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> but then like the second time you watch, you're trying to catch all the little, little things you missed the first time you watched and like knowing where the story, I don't know these, I think glass onion maybe is more like that. Like on the rewatch, you catch mm. all the things that happen at, at the party and stuff like that. But but uh, now, Ryan Johnson is just such a talented director, yeah. man. Like, yeah. uh, I fucking love his work. I love his movies. And, uh, this, I, I think that him creating Benoit Blanc is kind of the first character in a while we've had. That's like, you know, Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones or, uh, mm. uh, yeah, you know, like a that, Bond. That sort of, he's like a yeah, James like a, I don't know. Yeah, Ethan Hunt. Like he's just mm-hmm. a different. It's Benoit Blanc. He's, yeah. he's the, new, the new Sherlock Holmes of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, yeah. I love that shit. Uh, it's been a while since I feel like we've gotten this original character that feels like it could go on for as long as possible. You know, Keep like, making those it movies feels like please. it could be a mantle yeah. even that eventually <laughs> is passed on to a different actor one day. That's like, a, and now this is this is Benoit Blanc now, and this is Benoit uh-huh. Blanc now, you know, like I, it feels like it has those sorts of legs where it could become a bond of sorts in that, in that capacity. Um, wow. Actually, I'm um, astonished to see that happen anytime soon. Because yeah. Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc is masterful, but yeah, I guess 2019 to 2022, you know, was the from knives out and then glass onion. Yeah. I, I I thought I didn't have Glass Onion on my list. I actually do. Um, oh, you yeah, I, 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 I did that. put them both on there. Um, I love actually, that. I, I don't know, just really fun movies. Uh, but all they are, man. I, and I like yeah. the second one. I think what's crazy is I love the aesthetics and the visuals of the first one more than I do the second one. But I do think I like the cast of the second one more than I yeah. like the cast of the first one. Uh, Dave Bautista, Janelle Monet, Ed Norton. Like mm-hmm. you're getting some bangers and Kate Winslet, uh, Kate Hudson, I should say is, is who that mm. is like, uh, just, uh, fucking brilliant cast. And, uh, I, I'm a sucker for it, man. I love, I love Leslie Odom Jr. So him being in glass, Night, another one of my musical boys, I love Leslie Odom Jr. He was mm. in Hamilton, um, as Aaron Burr. So love that guy. But, uh, the knives out franchise is something that I look forward to. Long into the future, love oh, yeah. Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker, love Daniel Craig as an actor, and the fact that that's like the that's the core Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig. Fuck yes, I'm in. Keep it going, you know? keep yeah. it going for as long as you can. I mean, oh, it, it, yeah. that's the thing they're they're the same franchise, but they're such different movies. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. It, 
Yeah, they're incredibly unique. Yeah, this like um, autumnal fall vibe, and then this some y- yellow flowery summer vibe. Like, I want everything yeah. in between. Give me get the a winter, winter a cabin. Yeah. yeah, get like a yeah. a nice winter a cabin movie. Knives Out movie. Let's oh, do it. Oh my god, uh, yes, that'd be okay. All right, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Johnson, you know what to do. Um, yeah, you know what to do. We need it. You have the reins. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think they'll stop. I don't know. I mean, they, no, they were both they successful, right? Like, uh, yes, yes. Glass well, Onion. Glass Onion was astonishingly successful for a Netflix original movie that they released in theaters for like two weeks. Um, and it made like a bunch of money in those two weeks. And it was like Netflix is just really, really dumb uh, for not keeping it in theaters or starting mm. to do that more and more um, because they'd make a ton of fucking money. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and it was a weird like COVID time, right? Like when it was released, or because I or maybe just during filming that it was maybe filming um, happened throughout COVID, but it released at the end of 2022. So okay. yeah, so um, all theaters were back open and and everything. But yeah, I remember like in the movie, just like all right, take your or COVID done or like just yeah. the little things they gave him. Like yep, all right, we're good. Yeah, they acknowledge go. COVID quite a great uh, deal yeah. in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> Catherine Hahn. How could I forget Catherine Hahn? Love Catherine Hahn with all my fucking mm. heart. Uh, but yeah, Knives Out, man. Wonderful mm. franchise. Love Ryan Johnson. Cannot wait for whatever that franchise holds in the future. So I got yeah, it above well, some bangers here, man. I got it above some good fucking movies. So it just shows you how much I enjoy them. I got it up pretty, not too much higher, but I mean, I got both of them. They'll be in the same episode, um, actually, but I got them, I got them a little higher up. I don't know. They're just, I love the mystery movies. Like mystery movies oh, are fun, man. Are so they're much so fun. fun. Um, but yeah, all right. Last one uh, for me for the episode. It's my last West movie uh, for this episode. I don't think it's the one you're thinking. Uh, we, we will not have the same bottom four. I see. Um, and I think this one's probably a little higher up for you uh, than it is me. Um, this is where I have The Life Aquatic uh, with Steve Zissou for me. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I knew this was probably going to come as a little uh, as a little hurt hurtful there. Um and I, I don't know. I, I think it's, um, like, as far as Wes's movie goes, like, I, I am crying at the end of this one. It, like, every time. Every time that I have watched it, I am crying. Um, and it it is really fun uh, to go along with. But I think, like, his other movies, like, it, I think the craft of his other movies are better. Like, I think they're just better made movies. Um, and... And like the closest one I have to this one is yeah, not until forty uh, that I have another West movie mm. for me. Uh, so the gap is is quite sizable there compared to like what I what I have been going off of. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it is incredibly fun. Like Willem Dafoe, I remember like just he's he was just always so fun, like making sure he had oh, to fun. bring the hat with him, taking it out, putting it on like no one else is wearing it, but he's so serious about it. Um, and again, it's like a, it is like an adventurous, just really fun. Oh, uh, great movie, man. Really, yeah, really fun movie, but. I wonder if it, it did just, me. it did just find its way kind of hey. on the, the bottom-ish scale. Uh, I see. West for I me. see. Um, I've got it more in that middle tier, you know, yeah. I'd say that I have a, I have like a top four, a middle three and a mm-hmm. bottom four. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of okay. how my, yeah. it's like. 
the top tier, the middle tier, the bottom tier. And that's, and all of them are awesome, but yeah. it's just like the way I group them in my head is kind of how, like how that comes about. I have that, but just basically switch life aquatic with Isla dogs for me and you, I, I feel like is, is kind of the, the switch that I have. Um, I, uh, so, uh, you said ladybird and life aquatic in this episode, they will mm-hmm. occur in the same episode for me as well. Oh, okay. Um, but, but much later on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like, and that was a uh, another thing. Like Greta's movies and Wes's movies, it was nice to kind of see where they fell with each other, and it was a nice oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, no, I definitely like this one more than 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 X or or whatever. And yeah, uh, it was a good way to to rank them. But but yeah, I had a little little Wes sandwich here. Uh, I guess the Da Vinci Code was the first uh, movie that I said, but but then Rushmore and Bottle Rocket kind of at the bottom of the episode, and then. Royal Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic. We won't we won't get a, another West movie out of me for a few weeks because um, mm. mm-hmm. that's that is the episode you will hear my next West movie, uh, the, okay. the Life Aquatic and the yeah. Ladybird episode. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have one until then though. Yeah, next um, week I won't have any, um, but then we'll we'll get back into it at the very top of the forties yeah, uh, for me, yeah. but. Got about a forty spot gap between my West movies. That's yeah, the the top tier of his movies are really special. Oof, like that, yeah. they're yeah, they're yeah, they're really they're, special. They're, they're so. a different breed. But uh, to top off my episode, uh, Life Aquatic was a good one to stop for you. I love that movie, man. Mm. Uh, but I got another one that I think is this is the other one that's like, oh, that's a classic. That is a certified one of the greats. Um. And in this one, we're not in Kansas anymore, baby. The mm. Wizard of Oz, 1939, directed by Victor Fleming. 39? Yeah, 39. 39? Holy crap, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, no, it's an old fucking movie, man. Wow. Uh, a Technicolor dream, this one is. Um, wow. I mean, a breathtakingly visual uh, another musical. Love the musical mm-hmm. stuff. There's only one song in the movie that I feel like just drags a little bit. Um, and it's like as soon as she makes it into into the land of mm-hmm. the Oz, and all the all the little folks are around her singing their song, and just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and never ends. And I'm kind of like, all right, I'm gonna skip this. Um, is it follow the yellow brick road? Is that one? Is that? Um, I, I think it leads leaving. into that. Well, it leads leaving. into that. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's it's everything right before oh. that. It just keeps dragging. Um, man, this is a good. One. Yeah, I don't I don't have it on mine, but man, ooh, man this is. I love the yeah. Wizard of Oz. Uh, it's it's a movie that I I hadn't seen in a really long time until I watched it relatively recently. It was a few few months back, and I hadn't seen it in a good decade. And upon revisiting it, I was just kind of blown away by how groundbreaking it is for 1939 mm. like the the craft of it is astonishing there's this uh there's this shot that gets a lot of love on film twitter that just knowing how it works as you're watching it is just amazing uh mm. there's the switch from the black and white sepia toned world into the colorful realm of the wizard of oz mm-hmm. um and you can literally see in black and white, uh, Dorothy, open the door, exit frame, and then enter frame in color. Oh. And the way they did that was like a literal body double, open the door, and the set painted 
in black and white and then oh, okay. goes through That's the door sick. as Judy Garland's Dorothy. That's and like, sick. Oh, I thought you were going to say some cool. like film splicing or something no, like that, but that's no, way cooler. Entirely yeah, practical. They just painted cooler. the set black and white except for uh-huh. beyond the door and opened it double? with a body double. And then like some... the, the double in the, like, did they paint her face? Like a, no, it's, a, it's only the back of her head, but it's oh, the okay. same. Okay. It's the same tone as the rest of it. So it's like this brownish black and white, you know, like it's like oh, okay. got this dusty yeah, yeah. feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just, she exits frame when she opens the door and mm. then Judy Garland and color walks through the door. And it's, uh, that's cool. It's, it's such a masterful piece of practical filmmaking that just, I feel mm. like it's been lost a little bit, you know? Uh, yeah. And, this is one of those movies where the colors are just like, I have this book called colors of film and it's just kind of like the evolution of how movies have been colored and what movies, uh, have how they've improved and how they utilize color. And, and this is just one of those ones that's breathtaking for the time. 1939 to have these visuals was insane, you know? Um, I just one of those examples where like the the way color versus black and white film is utilized citizen kane 1941 entirely in black and white hmm. two years later you know uh but like the way that it, it was kind of just like a choice it was like you want to make this one in color it might be a little more expensive yeah let's fucking do it you know like uh until we shot everything in color and uh i i adore this movie and i'll never get tired of it um and I, yeah. I remember seeing something that was like every movie that's ever been made post Wizard of Oz is like inspired either by the Wizard of Oz or one other movie. And I for, mm. I I forget what it is. It might be Citizen Kane. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it might I I forget where I hear that, um, or where I heard that even in the first place. But um, I mean, but yeah, it, every yeah. movie owes a lot to Wizard of Oz, man. Since since then, it's just uh like the matte paintings and the the practical filmmaking. It's just, it's astonishing to look at. And the fact that it was pulled off in such a beautiful capacity at the time it Mm. was, is it's awesome. It's amazing. And, uh, guy behind the curtain. That was, I remember like first watching that movie, like, and I like, wasn't expecting it at all. You know, like, I don't like the, the twist at the end, like in, I don't know, I guess when I was young, I was just more, like, focused on, like, Tin Man and, like, the lion. Uh, I wonder if he had Put him up! Put like him had, up! Yeah, yeah like, I, that's that's what I was more focused on. Yeah. Um, but then, like, yeah, that's... Man, I, I forgot about Wizard of Oz. That's, that's a, a fucking great movie. That is really good. Uh, uh, and 60s, uh, you know, it's, it's where I could only put it for now comfortably, but mm-hmm. it's one of those ones where, like, like classic, all the movies classic. here on in... I watched it more if I watched it yesterday it'd be much higher on the list than it is today you know what I'm saying yeah. like uh yeah that's kind of how every movie on this list from here on in is um and uh yeah man it's just it's such a special one so Wizard of Oz is how I am capping off this episode and if you would take me through your 60 through 69 one more time please right. Will 60 I got the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou 61 the Royal Tenenbaums 63, Back to the Future. 64, Jaws. 65, Aliens. 66, Lady Bird. Am I on? Yes. 
No, 65 Ladybird. Sorry, I knew I was off on one number because I knew Ladybird was the midway. Uh, 66 Creed, 67 Bottle Rocket, 68 Rushmore, and 69 The Da Vinci Code. At mine, I got 60 The Wizard of Oz, 61 Knives Out, 62 Les Miserables, 63 Past Lives, 64 Before Sunrise, 65 Sorry to Bother You, 66 Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, 67 Yojimbo, 68 Citizen Kane, and 69 Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And with that, we will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. If you would, Head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review and to continue downloading our episodes. Uh, we got uh, part five coming next week. That'll be the 50s, mm-hmm. and then we'll be officially into the top 50 the weeks after that. Uh, and it's heating up as you heard, you know, we got, we got some big ones this week, Citizen Kane, Wizard of Oz, Jaws, Back to the Future. Like these are, these are big fucking movies and they're only going to get bigger. Um, and I'm, I'm so very, so very happy with this project and so happy that we're doing it because it's just so fulfilling for me. I love talking about all the movies that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these movies would not exist without the WGA and SAG AFTRA, the writers and the actors. Um, their work being put into this is uh it's astonishing it's what stands out it's what makes us love these movies and uh they deserve to be compensated fairly for their work so stand in solidarity with sag after and wga uh return this friday where we're talking x-men the last stand a truly truly uh standout movie for good or bad reasons depends on who you are um we did, uh, we're doing Winter is Blooming, our Game of Thrones rewatch. Season five kicked off earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Season five, episode two is next week. Very excited to dig into that. Um, but yeah, with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah.